and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. I have a very special guest today. My friend Benji is here with us, and he's going to share about what he does at Exodus Cry. Benjamin Nolo leads a team of abolitionists as the CEO and founder of a nonprofit organization, Exodus Cry. Together, they work to abolish sex trafficking and breaking the cycle of commercial sexual exploitation while assisting and empowering its victims. His team has successfully made headway through campaigns like Trafficking Hub that shift cultural mindsets, laws, and reveal the truth about the sex trade through self-produced documentaries through his production company, Magic Lantern. Benji, what's up? <laughs> Man, you know it's, what? It's I could great. not, I'm telling you, that whole introduction mm -hmm. of who you are, it does not do you justice, okay? First of all, <laughs> I just want to let everybody know that you are way more than what that just said, okay? Because I, like I said to you earlier, everyone that's watching this right now through our lenses, let me tell you about Benji. He is a warrior for humankind. The first time I heard this man share and advocate for women like us, men like us, boys, girls in trafficking, I was blown away. He has a heart for humanity to bring back the moral code to help people realize that our value is priceless. So Benji, I, I want to ask you, how did this all start? Like, what happened to you to make you want to help people that are stuck in slavery, you know, any type of trafficking, any human injustice that's happening in the world today? I look back, you know, when I think about my journey, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's, it's always great to spend time with you. And, and I love that you're doing this. I love that we get to get this conversation out to, to your viewers. And I plan to share it as well. Uh, my story, I feel like started when I was 11 years old. I watched a movie called The Accused. And it depicted this brutal gang rape scene. And for me, I grew up as the youngest of four children, had somewhat of an idyllic early childhood kind of sheltered. So for me, it really kind of exposed me to the reality, the presence of, of evil in the world, and specifically the dynamics uh, of the uh, of the unique vulnerability of, of women. Um, and um, and that, that scene haunted me. I thought rape has to be the worst thing that could ever happen to a person. And um, so I think that was part of what marked me, like in my early childhood, uh, for this issue that we're fighting now today of sex trafficking. Um, I was also, you know, raised by my two older sisters and my mom and my grandmother. Um, and so I think I was like uniquely influenced by women in my life, like all through my upbringing that kind of predisposed me towards having more of a heart for women's issues. Um, I grew up like most young men in our culture today, um, with, you know, feeling, you know, social, the way boys are socialized in this culture today is to disaffiliate from the experiences of women and men are taught to be strong, to be powerful, not to be emotional, unless you're demonstrating violence and anger. And, and so, um, so I felt this unique tension of feeling drawn towards, um, 
identifying with the experiences of women based on my upbringing and just the unique dynamics of exploitation that face women. But growing up in a culture that was really, you know, toxic in terms of the stories about what it means to be a man. So it took me some time to kind of work through that in my process of becoming an adult. But when I first found out about human trafficking, all those deep feelings that I had as an 11 year old came welling back up. And, you know, I, from that moment, I think I wept for like nine months straight. Like it just wrecked me. And and my prayer back then was I don't ever want to recover from the, this feeling of, of being broken. Um, because I'll just last thing on this. I don't know, you know, have you ever seen like a movie like Schindler's List and your heart just gets moved? Absolutely. You know, like I love that, that movie. So inspired. Yes. It's, it's that kind of, I feel like with these issues, it's that kind of thing where like when you expose your heart to something, it produces an inward furnace and, and then, you know, it fuels you and what comes out of you and, and it fuels your, what comes out of you and just your passion in life. Right. And right. so for me, it's been very important to stay, stay really grounded in feeding on the stories of the exploitation of vulnerable women and children in our world, specifically related to the commercial sex industry, because it just produces this unending furnace of fire and passion to continue to fight this fight day in and day out. But, um, so yeah, getting into this, it it was, um, I feel like something that was seeded in me in my childhood and then came into fruition later as an adult. Do you think, uh, I don't know what exactly when your faith started, Benji, because you have such great faith, dude. Like you, you just go for things. God gives you this creative mindset for every vision and then you just go for it. And I know that that's something he put inside of you. Do you think your faith has played a part in the injustice and fire that you feel in your heart towards you know, women and, and anyone, children and, and boys and girls being abused by others in trafficking. Absolutely. I, uh, my faith is such a, a important part of who I am because left to myself and my own devices, I don't think there's anything special about me, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, having, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Having been, you know, felt the invitation into a personal relationship with Jesus and really learning what that's all about through through scripture um, has really shaped my vision for life. And what we see modeled in the life of Jesus is a life characterized by love and compassion and stating his own mission statement. He quotes Isaiah 61 and he says, I was anointed for this purpose to set the captives free open prison doors and heal the brokenhearted. And so embodied in the life of Jesus is a life of compassion, a life of empathy, but also um, the um, DNA of an abolitionist and one who is focused like uh, uh, Proverbs 2, 30, Proverbs 2 said that he guards the paths of justice. Mm-hmm. And so we see God on a mission to um, break the, the systems of oppression that yes. are holding in bondage, vulnerable people. 
And this is what the Bible is about from Genesis to Revelation, that motif, that Exodus motif is throughout. God always identifying himself as the God who, when he talks to Israel, who brought you out of bondage in Egypt, God identifies himself as an abolitionist. And so we've seen that, you know, uh, many people throughout history inspired by their faith, by their, by the example of Jesus to carry forth that tradition of abolition. William Wilberforce being one of the most recognized for that, you know, his faith was such a deep and central part of who he was and what he sought to accomplish with the abolition of the transatlantic slave trade. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, in it, I'll say this last thing on this in an hour when so many people are ashamed of the gospel, there's a cultural kind of, um, blackmail to silence people about their faith in this culture. There's never been so much stigma about people's faith and so much bigotry against people of faith, specifically Christians in particular. And so in this hour, when people are so ashamed of the gospel, I feel like it's my privilege to declare like the apostle Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I have been canceled for my faith. I have been derided and defamed and slandered for my faith. And I receive it all as, uh, as, as something to be grateful for, um, to be grateful that I've been counted worthy to, you know, suffer reproach for my faith. I, and, I, I just, um, mm, come on music yeah. to my ears, dude, uh, you're <laughs> speaking my language, Benji. I, I completely agree with you. And yes, right now is such a crazy time spiritually, politically, relationally to everyone towards Christians and they are being canceled and it's unfortunate, but here's the good thing that I love, you know, like it says in Isaiah 58, you know, let the light shine, you know, take care of the widows and the oppressed. Right. So if that's what we have to do, you know, people can say all they want about the faith and what you do, let's say with Exodus cry, but the, the proof is in this. It's in what you're doing to set others free. Yeah. And if that's education, yeah. if that's because I know you have outreach teams and you guys do everything. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get into that too. Exodus cry. That mm-hmm. name is just beautiful. <laughs> like people are like, what does that mean? Well, if you don't know what that means, Benji, tell them what that means to you. It has kind of a double meaning because in the the book of Exodus in the book of Exodus, we see um, that God it says that he 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 heard the cry of um, of those in bondage. God God listened to and he heard their cry. He heard the groaning of the prisoner, and right. and so there's this passage that depicts depicts God as one who sees us in caught in the in the plight of injustice and so he hears that cry and but then but then also um exodus cry so so exodus cry really is is the the cry uh of those who are are you know trapped in bondage but but then it's also um it's our cry for for freedom for deliverance on their behalf as well and and so Um, intercession right like intercession for all the slaves yeah yeah 
It, so, it, that's so um, powerful. So it's the cry of this. It's the cry of those trapped in bondage, and our cry of intercession on their behalf to a God who sees their suffering and hears our prayers and moves to act in real time and space. And we have seen time and time and time again where God has heard the cry of the prisoners, raised up intercession through us, and then brought about justice in specific situations. If you want, I can tell you a story about one. But um, Please do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well... <laughs> Sure. First of all, how much time do we have? No. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Right. Uh, one thing on the, the I, I just love this story. I've told it a couple of times. I first heard about human trafficking on February 3rd, 2007. And that moment changed my life forever. And um, years later, I was meeting up at a uh, church with a group of leaders. One of them was a trafficking survivor. And, um, and it was her birthday. We, everybody saying happy birthday to her. I said, happy birthday. And then she said, happy birthday to you. And I said, oh, no, no, it's not my birthday. My birthday is in November. And she said, no, February 3rd um, is the first day that you heard about human trafficking. I heard you share that in a message once, and I never forgot it. She said, because February 3rd, 2007 was my birthday. I was in prison because I wouldn't testify against my trafficker and I got on my knees and I prayed that God would raise somebody up to expose this evil injustice. So February 3rd, 2007, she's on her knees praying, God, raise somebody up to fight this evil injustice. That's the cry of the prisoner. Then God Mm. releases a burden in my heart, February 3rd, 2007, to raise up the cry of intercession on that one's behalf. Mm. And that whole thing set exodus cry in motion so i could tell you so many stories of times where where we prayed into situations and god acted in supernatural ways and the reality of this whole issue is that we see a battle taking place in the natural we see the exploitation and destruction of real human lives but behind that is a battle taking place in the spirit this is about satan's ancient hatred of women Yes. And, and, and the dark forces at work to seduce men into collusion with that agenda to mm. destroy the lives of the innocent and destroy mm. the lives of women. And That's so, we, so good. we have to act in an opposite spirit to right. bring about freedom for the oppressed. So I just want to just say to everyone that's watching this and listening right now, Benji is the real deal. I met Benji in 2009. Was it eight? I can't remember. But Benji contacted us. Yeah. And, was it Benji? And you yeah. and your team came to Destiny House, the first one we had at the at the time. And I was just blown away by your tenderness and your love for the women that we were working with. And they just loved you. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. By the way, I'm going to brag about your documentary, the first one that really like hit the ground running for trafficking, Nefarious, Merchant of Souls. When I saw that documentary, and not because I was in it, trust me, I weeped. Mm. Benji, I brag about that to this day, Mm. how Mm. well that was done. Mm. And I know the reason why 
I believe God has blessed that documentary. It's gotten so many awards. You guys, if you've never seen it, Benji's going to give you the website to go to and to watch it. You need to watch it because if you don't know what human trafficking is, this is going to give you a very good picture around the world what it is. Yeah. I weeped because you brought all the survivors and victims stories and then you created this beautiful ending. I don't want to tell everyone what it was, but I bawled because it was about the children. Mm -hmm. It was about, because that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. When people start to get exploited, they're usually little kids. Mm -hmm. Most women we work with were being exploited as children before we get them. They Mm -hmm. age out of the system. We get them at 18 and now we have to fix the damage. And I don't fix it because Christ does, but I just want to commend you on that. And can you talk about what you guys, I mean, you established your nonprofit, you were doing abolition summits. Oh my gosh, the best ever. I love them. I wish you would put another one on soon because they're amazing. Um, all people come together, different orgs and get together yeah. and intercede. And he brings stories and teachings and uh, just resources to this one conference. And it just grew, didn't it, Benji? Like you guys yeah. got yeah. huge in Kansas yeah. City at the time. Yeah. Yeah, people can check out Nefarious on our on our uh, Exodus Cry YouTube channel. Um, so if you just Google Exodus Cry YouTube, you can pull up our channel. It's now available. This past year, we've made it available on YouTube. I saw for that. Free. Yep, so, I saw yeah, that. So, so <laughs> thanks for for sharing that information and for your encouragement about the film. We we traveled to 19 countries and 42 cities on four continents over the course of four years making that film, and it's really just a global snapshot of sex trafficking around the world. So for anybody who's interested in just learning about what's happening in our planet, um, I feel like it's a great film to watch, very informative because trafficking has different faces to it um, in different parts of the world. And, um, and so we tried to really um, un- unpack all of that in a way that it was very clear and um, something I heard once is that there are two things that pierce the human heart, tragedy and beauty. And so my approach as a filmmaker is I always, you know, I feel like film is the opportunity to create a transformational experience for the viewer in order to um, cause them to begin to dream about the world that could be. And um, so we try to infuse nefarious with a palpable sense of tragedy and the palpable sense of beauty. And it really weaves together those dynamics of the injustice that we see prevalent in the world of human trafficking, but also the beauty of God's redemption, um, working through the midst of even the most horrific stories. And um, so, you know, we've, we've had lots of feedback on this film of people whose lives were, were changed by it. And that just, fuels us to want to keep going. And so for anybody that hasn't seen that, we definitely encourage you to check that out. Benji, you you know, what you guys do beyond Nefarious, because you've done other films, you've done uh, Liberation, right? What's it called? Liberated. 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 And you're working on another one right now. What's the name? Or can you say it? So we did Liberated, the New Sexual Revolution for Mm -hmm. Netflix. That I think aired on Netflix in 2018 and and is up today. So... Um, you can check that out there. And then we have um, several more documentaries uh, coming out in the next year. Um, we've got documentaries that, are, that tackle the, the issue of the porn industry. 
the yes. way that, that porn is being created and the the human rights abuses in the porn industry. We've got one that uh, another one that focuses on porn's impact on consumers. That's wow. the next one that's coming out and everything wow. to go with that. Um, and then we've got um, several other films. So you can follow us on Instagram, um, Exodus Cry or on any social account. Um, and then we have our Magic Lantern pictures. But definitely, you know, I hope that your viewers will track with us this next year because we've only released um, two films in, you know, the 13 years we've been around and this next year we're releasing like five first films or something I'm, crazy. I'm so it's a really I'm exciting. So excited. Yeah. And also everyone, this is a nonprofit. So I, I know I asked for donations for us, but I want to steer that towards Exodus cry and what Benji's doing because he is changing the culture by changing the lens that we see trafficking with and telling stories and exposing the darkness. So where can they go, Benji, if they want to contribute to what you're doing as you continue to make the art and the awareness for these films and to change the culture? And also people, like you said, are getting saved, set free and getting on fire. And I think they're, they're, they're becoming abolitionists because of you. Right. So where can they go? Yeah. And just, uh, our website, exoduscry.com. Um, is a great place for anyone interested in supporting our work. We, we welcome it. We, we are engaged in both the legal reform and social reform aspects of abolition work. You know, so obviously part of that being our filmmaking and messaging and campaigning. Um, and then we also do intervention and outreach work, um, working directly with victims and also providing um, therapy. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm a big supporter of your guys' work. I, I, I know really you are. What you guys do. And... Um, so I don't, you know, I don't want to, uh, I, we just, we, I'm happy to be on this show and, and I just, no, Benji, this is for you. I owe and, you, I owe you, dude. Okay. Listen, <laughs> you have helped us in different areas in our ministry many times. And you've came to our rescue when we were low on funds, you just shot us a check. And I just, we just love you and appreciate you so much, Benji. And your team is fantastic. I know several members of them. And um, yes, they do great intervention. They're so kind. And I, I know several of the ladies you've helped. And I know there's way more than I'm even saying. So like I said earlier, you are a warrior and uh, a, a mighty man of God for this time right now. And you know what? You actually remind me of William Wilberforce, actually. That's when I think of his name, your face pops up. You know, That's and, and I think about you because you, you're one of the first men that I met that really, I, of course I'm married and stuff and it's not a romantic thing, but I look up to any man that wants to change the way men view the abuses towards the less than yeah. or the, the weaker sex or the weaker person, because we know that trafficking is yeah. not just for little girls and women. It's, and we've got women traffickers too. So Man, dude, you're changing the world, Benji. And I just see you going up from here. Like it's, it's about to go explode more. So you said you're releasing five films. Like what? I, I got to count it out. It, it's like, literally what? like we've got, we've got one film and then we've got a series, which is three episodes and then another series, which is 11 episodes and then another series, which is four episodes and then two more feature films after that. So it's like a bunch of projects all in the next year. So I'm, I'm really excited about this season for us because 
you know, it's, it's, we, we do enjoy the process of putting these projects together, but we ultimately are doing it to really help educate people and to, you know, like I said before, help create transformational experiences for our viewers to, to really be able to, to see the world more clearly and to activate them in, in work for justice. And so it's an exciting time. Yeah, it, it is for sure. And I'm, um, I, I'm so excited for you. Um, last thing you have, I'm going to give you one minute. Could you say something to, let's say a man out there that doesn't know that this is going on and he's participating? What would you, I know you probably, you need more than a minute, but a minute to tell him, stop. It, I think dude. it's, it's, I think it's really helpful to have a framework for how to understand our world and our role in it as men. You know, I think that we as men are, you know, we're, we're discharge oriented. And so um, we're not relationally oriented. Uh, you know, if my wife has a problem with something, she'll call up a friend, she'll read a women's magazine or, you know, whatever there's, there's ways that they work through it. And I really respect and admire that as men, you know, we go out and we play, we play hockey or, you know, we go punch a punching bag. We're more discharge oriented. But when it comes to male sexuality and, and when, particularly when men start to feel powerless and begin to feel desperate and begin to feel beat down, they, they, I think that some men believe that um, they can buy comfort and pleasure on another person's suffering. And, and I think it's really important for us to understand as men our role in this whole larger issue. The reality is if men stop buying women and children for sex, we would see human trafficking end overnight. We would see the entire commercial sex industry implode. We would see the largest exodus of human beings from systematic oppression that the world has ever seen. So we play a key role as men in, in um, working through the issues that we have um, in a healthy way so that we don't go and offload them onto vulnerable women trapped in the sex trade, perpetuating this injustice that's, that's going on. So we have a lot of work to do as men. I I'm, have a lot of hope for men and I, and I'm seeing a lot of men change, but you know, we're still at the beginning of this. We've got, we've got decades of work in front of us. And so I'm pulling up my, my, you know, I'm rolling up my sleeves and pulling up my bootstraps and I'm calling other men to do the same. Let's go after this. You mentioned the passage in, in James uh, about a ministry to orphans and widows. And in that passage, it says, pure and undefiled religion is ministries yep. to orphans and widows in their trouble. So it's this idea that there are vulnerable demographic of people in our world who are in trouble because of predators that are after them. So let's rise up. Let's intervene on their behalf. Let's do the work of pure religion in that sense and put an end to this. Amen. And I'm going to end on that note. Benji, what a great orator you are and just a, a helper of everyone. And I just thank you so much for coming on Pink Chair today. Benji, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. on today. And we will thank see you, you soon. Me. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm going to be looking for your new movies. Okay. So, awesome. all right. Thanks for Sounds everyone great. joining thank today. You. Hi friends, it's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here? The peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees, 
This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly or just send us a one-time donation? Just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much.